I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I'm so excited for you to join me here this week. This week's episode is extra special because we are celebrating episode 100, which is so crazy to me. I honestly remember recording the first episode of this podcast and getting it all ready to publish. And it's just so crazy how these two years have gone by so fast. So that's pretty wild. Um, I just have to say a special thank you to everyone who tunes in every week and listens to the show. I so appreciate all of you for your support. I do believe that I would continue to do this podcast. I, to be completely honest, actually, I actually don't look at any of the stats for my podcast. So I couldn't even tell you any type of numbers, like how many downloads I get, how many people are listening every week, that sort of thing. I truthfully have no idea. (laughs) And I think just that just like proves that I would continue doing this even if no one was listening to me every week. It just brings me a lot of joy, but I do know you're listening because we have an awesome community even over on Facebook ever since I created our private Facebook group, the Unbreakable You podcast crew over on Facebook. So if you have yet to join us, over on Facebook, please do so. I think it's so much fun to gather as a group together and we can just chat together, get to know each other a little bit better because I mean, podcasting is great. And here's the thing, guys, is you're listening to these episodes and you're feeling like you're getting to know me better. But I want to get to know you and I want to start meeting you and connecting with you. So that's really another reason why I created that Facebook group, because I just really wanted to have that deeper connection with all of you. So if you are not yet in our Facebook group, definitely jump on Facebook, type in the Unbreakable You podcast crew, and then you'll just have to request to be a member and I will approve you. And we actually got a lot of questions for this episode from our Facebook group. So a special thank you to everyone who submitted questions for me this week. I really wanted to do something different for episode 100. I have tons of guests on all the time and they're great and everything, but I also love just sitting down with my mic and doing a solo episode every once in a while. They seem kind of like special since I don't do them often. 
So thank you so much for sending me your questions. We do have a really great assortment of questions for this episode. We have like topics ranging from HA and eating disorder recovery, also life after HA recovery. And if you're new here, HA stands for hypothalamic amenorrhea. And we're also going to answer a question about business and becoming an entrepreneur relationship question. And then we have a fun question thrown in too from one of my listeners. So again, thank you so much for all of these questions. And before we get started, I just wanted to recognize the fact that it is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. So I just really wanted to let you all know because obviously that is something that's special and meaningful to me. And I do make a point of talking about it every year. I have a history of eating disorders and it is something that I'm really passionate about guiding women through their journey as well. So we do have eating disorder related questions in today's episode. So I think that's awesome because it's also National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. So um, perfect timing. And I just feel like I am your go-to girl for some of that stuff. So thank you so much for submitting questions about that topic. You know that is my jam. And also this year's theme for National Eating Disorders Awareness Week is Come As You Are. So it's kind of like a continuation of their theme from last year. But with a focus, there's like a sub theme of 2020 vision. So it's kind of like reflecting back with that 2020 vision, kind of like, okay, what are the lessons that I've learned throughout my recovery journey? What are some of the things that I would share with my past self, that sort of thing. So I've been in deep reflection mode with some of those questions lately. So maybe jump over on Instagram. I'm sure you'll um, receive a few posts from me over this week regarding eating disorder recovery and kind of my 2020 view on things and my thoughts and reflections. So if you like those things, Join me over on Instagram. You can find me at I am Meg Dahl. And before we dive into these questions, just another reminder that my brand new website has launched. I'm so excited about it. Thank you for all the amazing feedback and everything. I can't thank you enough. So if you haven't jumped on my new site yet, just go to megdahl.com. It's brand new. Just launched it last week. So it's still fresh. So go take a peek at it and let me know what you think. But we can get started with this week's questions. So because it is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week, I thought I could start with the eating disorder recovery and HA recovery related questions. So I'll just dive in here. So first up, um, I was asked for recommendations for women without a period. So women with hypothalamic amenorrhea, but they're not underweight. So here's the thing about this. Um, Like I said, this woman 
um, any woman who is of a normal or like within the normal BMI, I'm assuming that's what she's probably referring to, referring to having a normal BMI or just like being considered that of normal weight. But she still um, doesn't have a period. So here's the thing. You can still have hypothalamic amenorrhea um, while being at kind of like a quote unquote normal weight. However, I would recommend because she's looking for recommendations here. So what I would recommend is because I don't know your whole situation. So I would recommend just kind of like reflecting and seeing if any of these really resonate with you or apply to your life. So number one would be, have you experienced weight loss um, throughout your life before? Um, Even if it was like 10 pounds, five pounds. It doesn't have to be like a significant amount of weight loss, but have you experienced weight loss? Another question to think about is, have you been on a diet, Um, specifically a restrictive type of diet? And basically all diets kind of fall into this because I do think that When you go on a diet, even if one is therapeutic and can be healing and stuff like that, it's still a diet and many of us still fall into like a restrictive type of mode. And even if you are on a healing diet, like for an example, the GAPS diet is so healing to the gut and the digestive health, but it is restrictive. There's limited amount of food and a lot of people who follow GAPS do find themselves under eating and they have to be really, really careful with that. So I would definitely ask yourself that. I'd be curious if you have been on a diet or if you are on a diet. And then finally, um, what your exercise is like. So are you exercising more? Like, are you putting out more than what you're consuming? So is your level of exercise kind of, um, over the amount of food that you're actually consuming every day. And the reason why I would pose these questions to you is because they all really matter when it comes to a woman um, and a woman without her period, regardless of whether you're underweight or not. Um, I would really kind of throw that whole um, not being underweight thing out of the window, truthfully, that doesn't really matter. Um, You could be of a quote unquote normal weight according to BMI, but it might not be the right weight for your body. So I'd be really um, curious about this and you can always reach out to me and submit me another question or some more information about yourself. But I would still, um, step one for my recommendations for you would really be reflecting on those questions. Have I lost weight? 
have I or am I on a diet and what's my exercise routine like? And if you have lost weight, it's likely that you probably have lost more weight than you should have for your body in order to function healthy and properly like a woman should be functioning. And then if you're on a diet or if you have been on a diet, perhaps you're just not getting in enough calories. So I would really take an honest look at that area of your life. And then also with the exercise component as well, it would be interesting to know what your exercise is like. And you might just need to adjust the amount of food you're taking in to make sure that you're not under eating relative to how much you're exercising. So those would be my recommendations for you right off the bat. Also, we all know that I really love um, Dr. Nicola Rinaldi. She wrote No Period, Now What? And she talks a lot about having no period, even though you're quote unquote of normal weight or you don't consider yourself being underweight. I know a lot of women um, who experienced amenorrhea without dipping super low underweight. And um, yeah, I would definitely check out her resources. But first, contemplate those questions that I asked you. And then um, this one is kind of like a life after HA recovery um, for me. What changed after recovering your period with food and exercise? So I actually planned on doing an entire episode all about life after recovery. But maybe I'll do that with like one of my friends. Um, I was kind of thinking about my friend Taylor Kaiser and just having her on and jamming out about life after HA. There's a lot of girls that I am friends with, both of us, like, or all of us experiencing amenorrhea for a period of time and then getting our period back. So I do think that would be a fun episode to have with a guest, but I'm going to answer this question. What changed after recovery with my food and my exercise? Because I actually do get asked this a lot. So let's start with food. Food wise, truthfully, nothing. And I am being completely honest. I love food. I love eating a lot of food and my mindset is like, why would I ever eat less? My body got to its set point and I basically, I just eat a lot of food and my body just stays where it's at and I keep getting my period and it seems really healthy. So I just like have no idea why I would ever want to eat less food. I feel like perhaps the only thing that may have changed is kind of the thoughts in my head. I feel like last summer leading up, so I got my period back in August for the first time. And I do think that in July and the first half of August before getting my period back, 
I could tell that my mind would like kind of constantly be thinking about how many calories I ate, like to make sure that I ate at least 2,500 calories because that's kind of where I was really um, aiming for as a base minimum. And so I feel like just like that, those little voices of like making sure that I ate at least that much are definitely gone. However, I'm still eating very much the same meals. Um, I thrive off of balanced meals. You know, I thrive off of large portions of protein, tons of veggies, carbs. Like I literally, I, I feel like my um, meals need carbs. Um, I don't know, just the thought of a meal with just I don't know, like sautéed greens makes me kind of sad. I just like always want sweet potatoes or plantains or something along with my meal. So truthfully, my meals have like my food overall definitely has not changed since um, getting my period back. And also here's the thing is I got my period back in August and of course after your first cycle after getting it back after recovering from HA you really don't want to change anything right so I got my period back in August and I got it back again in September October November so typically you want to wait three cycles before changing anything, right? So those three cycles happened. And once those three cycles happened, I just like, I truthfully could not imagine eating any different than I already am. And one of the reasons for that is, is because I just listen to my body, right? And it tells me how much it needs. And truthfully, this body needs a lot of food. (laughs) I'm only 5'2", by the way. And I feel like that's something I would often compare myself to in the past, like years ago, I was like, oh, I'm so short. I probably don't need as much food as so-and-so, but I actually do need a lot of food. So if I was to kind of go back and track my food, I would be definitely within the exact same calorie range as I was before. Um, And it's kept my period And I just feel like that's exactly what my body needs me to be eating. So I'm really happy um, to share that with you that I really didn't change anything with food. With exercise, I didn't work out really for um, August, September, October and November just because I was traveling so much. And I recently did a Instagram post about this, about earning your exercise. And we actually talked about this in a previous episode with Aaron Holt. So I actually think that was just this past episode, episode 99. I believe that's what it was. Anyways, um, my episode with Aaron Holt, we were talking about earning your exercise. And I really do believe in doing this. And it's something that I apply to my own life. And during August, September, October, November, I was on tour. I was on my Health Beyond Food tour. I was traveling a ton. 
there was a period of time where I wasn't home for an entire month. I was in Ontario, uh, like traveling all around Ontario. And then I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, back in Ontario. And I was just kind of all over the place. And so number one, a regular exercise routine like wasn't even going to be a thing for me but also the whole earning your exercise I my body like I love traveling so much you guys know it's a thing I do and I just thrive off of traveling I love it I am a Gemini sun, Libra moon, Aquarius rising. Those are all air signs. So I'm very airy and I love um, just moving around and traveling all the places. So that's just who I am at my core. But when I travel, I do get really, really run down in terms of like, I just don't feel myself. And I know it's just the stress of traveling. Even though I don't feel stressed, I just know my body's going through a lot of stress, right? Different time zones, running through airports and lack of sleep, like weird sleep schedules, different beds and like, you know, staying in all these different places. So that's a type of stress that a lot of us actually don't take into account a lot of the times. But I did and I was like, okay, I'm I just recovered from HA. I really want to keep these periods consistent, right? Do my best to support my body and keeping them consistent. So I chose not to work out for those four months. And it was really great. I think that had a lot to do with me having a regular cycle. And then um, come December, I started, so I have a gym in my basement at home, like the whole like shebang. I have dumbbells, a barbell, a squat rack, all the things that I need. And um, when I got home in December, I started doing some lighter weightlifting, but I also rest about like three minutes between my sets. So if I'm like squatting, for an example, I will squat and it's never, ever, ever to failure. It's very, very far from that. So again, really light weights. And then I'm literally sitting there resting for three minutes at least before I squat again. So this is kind of like rest-based training, I guess, but I just make sure I take like really long rest between my sets. So um, that was kind of my exercise in December. And then um, that cycle was longer And I was feeling really, really mentally drained after all that travel. So that's what I kind of like chalk it up to being. And then my cycle came in January and I like didn't even know it was, well, I knew it was coming based on my cervical mucus, to be completely honest. I knew it was coming, but I was still like training. And then when it came, I took that entire week off. So that's another thing. I really work with my cycle and we can also do a future episode all about working with your cycle. I also plan to create a program 
all about working with your body throughout your menstrual cycle. And that will be part of the trainings in the Nourished and Free Collective. If you're a member of the Nourished and Free Collective. Anyways, back on track. I really try to work with my cycle. So a few days leading up to my period and then basically like the whole week of my period, depending on how I'm feeling, I just like don't really do anything. Maybe I'll go for a walk, but usually not because I just like don't feel really like I want to. So I typically take every fourth week completely off and I don't see a lot of women doing that either you just like constantly crush it crush it crush it week after week after week and so it's really important to be working and honoring these cycles that your body is naturally going through so that's exactly what I do and then um I just had a cycle in February and honestly I was kind of like pushing myself a little harder in the gym. So this cycle that I just had in February, it was really exciting because I was like, sweet, like I'm using a little bit heavier weights, but I'm still having those really long rest times between my sets. Um, So I think that's really important there that I'm still resting a lot and none of my workouts are really intense, but I have been pushing myself a little bit more in terms of like the heaviness of the weights. And it's really exciting. Like I said, that um, I'm like my cycle is still there and I'm still noticing the rhythms of my body, like the different like fluctuations in my mucus and like things like that. So that is what has changed, I guess, with food and exercise after getting my period back in August. And then another question is kind of um, life after HA recovery related as well. Is my weight stabilizing now? And truthfully, guys, I have not weighed myself at all. I just don't. I just don't see the point. Um, I got weighed. I was weighed. I got weighed. I was weighed at my yearly doctor's appointment. I forget when that was even in like December, I believe, or early January. And I was weighed there, but I can't even remember what it was. And I don't weigh myself. I, like I said, I have no idea. Um, I feel great. And that's all that matters to me. So I can't um, say whether or not my weight is stabilizing or not. But I mean, I'm not stupid. All my clothes are fitting, like all the clothes that fit me in the summer fit me now. So everything's like kind of fitting the same. So I would say I'm the exact same. But in terms of numbers, I actually have no idea. And then also HA recovery related is, were there any messy parts in my HA recovery? And then she gives me a few examples. So like, did your emotions get out of whack? Did you get stuck in food ruts? Did you ever have binges? And how did you reach out for support? So I think these are all really, really amazing questions. And I want to kind of dive into each of these examples that she gave me because I think they all apply to 
my HA recovery, to be completely honest. But her first question is, were there any messy parts? And I feel like the whole thing was messy. You know what I mean? Like, what's what is perfect about HA recovery? So truthfully, I feel like everything was messy. So if you're going through HA recovery and you're feeling like it's really messy, embrace the mess. Honestly, when you get your period back, it you're just like going to look back on the mess and be like, wow, that's what that's what I needed to go through. So that's my encouragement for you. But then your examples. And so did my emotions get out of whack? Oh, hell yes. Um, Actually, the day that I got my period. So I actually got my period in the evening. It was after I even ate dinner. So I think it was about like seven or eight in the evening. And that morning I had actually woke up at my friend's house. So we were teaching an essential oils class the night before, and she lives about three hours away from me. So I woke, I taught that oils class that night, slept over at her place, woke up in the morning and I was so tired. And because I was so tired, I just felt like I was such a mess of emotions, right? Like, why? Like, I am so tired and kind of like dreading the three hour drive ahead of me and all those things. And so definitely a mess of emotions. But this is just one example of one day. And it was actually the day that I got my period back. So super tired that morning. But her and I went for a little walk that morning. And then I just felt really weird. And so I was like, oh, man, I need to drive back now. Like I have a three hour drive back. And then I got back home and I would I remember I was just so ravenous that day. Like I was so hungry. I literally couldn't keep up with my hunger that day. And I even had to like I ran out of snacks and I had to drive to the grocery store And I remember driving back from the grocery store thinking like, I bet my period's coming. Like, I bet it is coming. I just felt so like out of sorts. Like I was all these emotions. I was, I remember actually, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast before, but this is the truth. I went for, to the grocery store for more snacks and I got home from the grocery store and I was bawling and Scott's like, oh my God, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. Like I had no idea why I was so upset or sad. I had no idea why I was crying. I was such a weird ball of emotions that day. I literally came home from the grocery store crying. And I remember I lied on my floor for a while and... I think it was like a Tuesday I got my period back because I lied on the floor and I was like, okay, I have to edit my podcast for tomorrow because they come out on Wednesdays. And I just was like, I don't know. I I had things to do on my to-do list, but I didn't want to do any of them. I was just so tired, so hungry, so emotional. And then I ended up getting my period back that night. So... Was there messy parts of my AJ recovery? 
Absolutely. Like I said, I feel like it was all just messy. Um, and then in terms of getting stuck in food ruts, I feel like I always get stuck in food ruts and I just don't label them as food ruts because I'm literally listening to my inner guidance. Like if I want smoked salmon and avocado toast and like toast with jam on it every single freaking day for the next how many months, like I don't care. And that's exactly what I've been eating lately. And I just don't judge myself for it. Like I said, I don't label it as a food rut. I'm totally fine with it. I honor it and I just keep eating it. But if you're feeling like you're stuck in a food rut because you're like eating safe foods, then I would just like maybe challenge yourself a little bit. Pick one food every week that you're going to make a new recipe with Or just choose one recipe every week that you're going to make. And it could be something as simple as like a smoothie, for an example, or a different way of cooking your oatmeal or like a condiment, like my homemade jam, for an example. It could literally be anything. But if you're feeling like you're stuck in a food rut because you're kind of like clinging on to those safe foods then I would definitely challenge you to change things up for yourself for sure. And then did I ever have binges through HA recovery? So I ate large amounts of food. However, again, just like labeling food ruts and like my advice to not label them as food ruts. I also like when you're in HA recovery, when you're in eating disorder recovery from a restrictive eating disorder, such as anorexia, for an example. But yeah, when you are working to get your period back, there are no such thing as binges. Like if you are listening to your hunger cues, there are truly no such thing as binges. And to be completely honest, like I got my period back in August It is now February 26th and just yesterday I had a day where I literally could not eat enough food and I was just eating and eating and eating and eating. I ate so much food yesterday. It was insane, like so crazy. I feel like every hour I was eating a meal, like a legit meal. So, I mean... You know, I still have high hunger days some days. And again, I just I'm really, really careful to not call them a binge because I'm hungry. And also binges are really specific to like binge eating disorder. Right. And if you're going through HA recovery, which I know you are who um, based on this question, this is specific to HA recovery. There are no such thing as binges through HA recovery. And then also finally for this part of the question is how did I reach out for support? One of the best things I think um, I did was I sent a article from No Period Now What kind of like summarizing what hypothalamic amenorrhea was 
why I had to eat so many calories and that sort of thing. And I sent that article to Scott and I said, can you please read this so you know what I'm going through? And I sent it to my mom and I said, can you please read this so you know what I'm up to? And they both did. My dad probably did too. And they just were in the know. So that was one of the best ways that I reached out for support. So depending on what type of support you need, then probably like what I would have to say is different. But for me during HA recovery, that is just one way that I reached out for support. And I just kind of had like my close people, right? I had Scott who I could lead on. He knew what I was going through. And I also had my mom who is amazing. She's an Enneagram nine and so supportive and just kind of like always my little sponge. Like I can just, just, I don't know, dump everything on her. That sounds so bad, but I I guess I can just like spill my heart out to her. And she just kind of is like my, my person to, to take that all in kind of thing. Okay, and now we have another life after HA recovery question, and it's about exercise as well, but this listener, so her question is kind of different because she's actually trying to get pregnant. She started to reincorporate exercise after eight periods, which is great. This made me happy to hear because as I mentioned before, it's really important to start incorporating exercise if you want to after those three periods. So I'm glad that she waited for eight. That's amazing. But her thing is that her husband is really concerned as they're trying to conceive and he worries she's going to lose her period again. She's wondering how to navigate this and also wondering if Scott, my boyfriend, showed any concern when I started incorporating exercise again. But basically, she's wondering how to kind of like make sure he knows that she's never going to treat her body poorly again and that she is only exercising in a way that is supportive to her body and she's really gonna do her best to fuel her body properly and not overdo things again like she's not going back into those old habits so first of all I just want to acknowledge that the feelings your husband has is like totally legitimate he has obviously lived with you and was in a relationship with you while you were struggling and had no period in the past. So he knows how far you've come to get your period back. So his feelings and his concerns are totally legitimate. And it's like his form of love um, towards you, showing his love and care for you. And I feel like Also, if you were kind of to reverse the roles on that. So if there was a reason why you two couldn't have children in the past because of something that your husband was doing and then he recovered from that and then he kind of went back to doing what he was doing, I feel like you would be very concerned as well because 
you want to have a child with him. So I can definitely see his concerns here. And I really do think that the only way to like, if you want to continue exercising, even while trying to conceive, I feel like the only way that you can really show your husband that you're not going back to your old ways is by getting your period back, right? Like time and time, like month and month and month, even while exercising, I feel like that's kind of the only way that he's going to be able to really see that, okay, this is different than in the past. Another way you can do it is maybe like, contemplate and ask yourself and reflect internally as to why you're exercising as well. Um, I know when we get our periods back, our cycles might still not be really, really strong. So if you are trying to also conceive and kind of like maintain a regular cycle, adding an exercise might be a little bit much. So just be honest with yourself about why you're exercising and do make sure that it's like not high intensity, things like that. I'm not exactly sure what you're doing with exercise, but I feel like also you and your husband just need to sit down and have like kind of get everything out on the table. I know you mentioned that you have told him that you're not going back to your old ways or anything like that. But I feel like maybe you just you two just need um, more of like a heart to heart, everything out on the table type of conversation. That's what I would recommend. And then the last question within this this section of within this topic of questions regarding HA and ed recovery. This one is more about ed recovery, I felt like. So she asks, are you ever haunted by your past demons such as fears, rules, or ideas of who you are? If so, how do you help yourself see in the moment that those ideas are no longer true for you? What an incredible question. And truthfully, I feel like um, definitely. I mean, I still I wouldn't say like I'm haunted by my past demons, but I feel like we all still have these days where we're like, whoa, where did that thought come from? But to be completely honest, ever since embarking on my spiritual journey and becoming a certified spiritual coach, I have been in this place and I have been moving through life and experiencing life in a way that I have never experienced before. I have been so far removed from those demons or those fears and rules and ideas of who I am. I've been so far removed from them and like so untethered by them, like so like unattached from those thoughts and things like that. And I really attribute that to the practice of self-forgiveness and going and really healing those old wounds. So if this is something that you're still 
seeing and experiencing within your life showing up a lot, I would definitely encourage you to embark on a similar journey. I am accepting clients. I would love to help you really move through this area of your life and help you unattach yourself from these demons. So um, that's what has really, really helped me is the practice of self-forgiveness and really just going all in um, in my spiritual coaching journey, honestly. And I guess I actually had one more question regarding HA recovery. And I really like this one. So I want to make sure that I include it. And that is, what did I do during HA recovery to reduce mental stress, like the daily mental stress? So I have two things here. Number one is I literally meditated every single day. There is a guided meditation It's a 30-minute guided meditation by Louise Hay on YouTube. So obviously it's free. You just search on YouTube, guided morning meditation Louise Hay. And I literally did that every single morning before getting out of bed. It was wonderful. And I currently am not doing that. (laughs) And now I'm like, hey, I should really get back into that. And then the second thing that I did to reduce daily mental stress was I leaned so hard and heavily on my oils. You guys know I love my essential oils. I use them every single day to support my mental and emotional health. And throughout HA recovery, obviously, they were super, super key for me. I actually just did a podcast episode with um, Cassie Aurora from the Modern Goddess podcast. And we talk about essential oils for ed recovery. And throughout HA recovery, I used geranium all the time to really strengthen my trust and honoring my body and then also bergamot for self-acceptance and just also it's amazing for any anxious feelings so I would definitely recommend those oils and you guys know I use doTERRA and this is just important that I say if you are looking for these therapeutic benefits of essential oils, it's really, really important that you're choosing high quality essential oils as well, because I hear from a lot of women that they start using oils and they're not getting these benefits that I talk about. And it really, really comes down to the quality and the purity and the potency of the oil. So um, those are the things that I did. Meditation and oils. For the daily mental stress, I highly recommend. All right. So we have just three more topics left. Biz slash entrepreneur and then a fun question and then a relationship question. So I'll move into just the relationship question. It's a quick one or my answer is quick, I should say. So she's wondering if you have a deep secret about yourself, should you tell your partner or your significant other or just like basically take it in and hold it with you until the day you die type thing. And I 100% believe in open, honest 
relationships and communication. And I also always think about like imagining if it was reversed roles, like, okay, whatever secret I'm holding in, imagine my partner was holding on to that same secret. Would I want them to tell me? Or just like any secret in general, would I want my partner to be keeping a secret from me? And in every situation, I personally would say no. Um, I really, really um, believe in just like open, honest communication. So that would be my answer is should you tell your partner? I would say yes. And then the biz related question, how to stay motivated when starting a health coaching business. So the first thing that came to mind when I read this question is really knowing your why. So why are you starting this health coaching business? Why is this really important to you? Really get um, rooted into your why. Not only do I really believe that I am here on earth to help women develop mental strength and develop emotional intelligence and create a loving relationship with their body. That is what I am here. That is what I have been put on earth to do. That is my why. But another why for me is I know that I was meant to be an entrepreneur. I know that I was meant to be my own boss. I know that I was meant to work from home and have flexible hours. You guys, it is 11 a.m. on a Tuesday morning and I'm sitting on the floor in my office in my pajamas recording this podcast episode for you. No makeup, drinking a hot chocolate, pennies right beside me. You know, I know like that is so, those things are so important to me. So get really rooted in in your why. And then um, also navigating through struggles as an entrepreneur. That was another question that I received. So like kind of how to navigate through struggles as an entrepreneur. And honestly, I always picture um, like that. There's like a image on Instagram that circles around a lot. And it's like this line that goes from one end of the picture, like one side. So the left side to the right side. And it's like this total messed up squiggly line, right? It's looks like a complete roller coaster. And whenever someone comments on like life as an entrepreneur, that is literally what it is. You're going from being like, I got this one minute to being like, what the F am I doing? And doubting yourself and questioning yourself. And then all of a sudden feeling super confident and like, like you have everything together. And I just want to let you know that like, if you are going to pursue having your own health coaching business or just be an entrepreneur, you're going to feel those things. You are going to go through struggles and I feel like that helps a lot with navigating through those struggles is just knowing that that's something that you're going to experience. Right. And similar to life, like we're all doing this thing called life and we know it's not perfect. And the more we just like lean into accepting that and the more we remove ourselves from like resisting 
the ups and downs and the hills and the valleys of life, then the easier it becomes, I find. And same goes for your having your own business. So I would say that that was the first thing that came to mind. But also, if you're really struggling as to like what to do and you feel like you could really benefit from some outside support, then definitely investing in your business by hiring a business coach would be well worth your money for sure, because they can really be that person helping you and supporting you as you move through any struggles that you have as an entrepreneur. And then finally, a fun question. If you were to get another dog, what would it be? So FYI, Penny is such an only child. I am just like completely and utterly in love with her. As you all know, she is my number one baby and we won't be having another fur baby ever. Um, Penny is the only one. She is my number one. Um, so I'm not, we're not getting another dog. Scott really wants one. Scott actually is very much a cat person. I am not a cat person. I'm very much a dog person. So he actually brought this up the other week and he's like, I think we should get Penny a friend, like another dog. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way I don't want another dog. So No, just one. I'm good with just one. But if I was to get another dog, it would 100% be the same thing as Penny. So Penny's a multi-poo, which is a multi slash cross with a poodle. And um, I feel like they just have the best personalities. Like poodles are so smart. Penny's super smart. And Maltese, they just love to like be loved and be cuddled. So Penny has like this spunky poodle side to her. And then also just like this total love bug side to her. And she just is the best. I love her personality. So yeah, if I was to get another dog, I'm like a hardcore multi-poo fan. I just love (laughs) multi-poos. So that is my input. And honestly, I think that wraps up today's episode, which is wild. So thanks again, everyone for tuning in. It is episode 100. And I just can't thank you enough for all of your support again. Like I said, throughout the past two years, I wouldn't be here without you. It's all about you guys. I show up every week because I love connecting with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you all have such a great week.